1: Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippi
0: and welcome back to That Trippi Show, which we are proud to say is not banned from any social media platform
1: yet. Yeah, <laughs> good Alex. Uh, it was a busy week. Where do you want to start? Oh man, so much to cover, but I, I think we got to start in Texas, Joe. Obviously, uh, special yeah. election in Texas six. Wide open field, everyone was thinking it'd be close, but no Dems made the top two for the runoff. So we're essentially shut out of this seat. And honestly, if if they weren't, if people weren't even listening to this podcast, I bet a bunch of people didn't even know there was an election happening. The whole thing is kind of crazy. Ron Wright, uh, the congressman, votes
0: to overturn the election on January 6th, moments after the insurrection. He then gets COVID, dies of it. His widow is running uh, for his seat uh, with the full support of Donald Trump and the Club for Growth, um, who came in and and spent money and endorsed and made a lot of noise for her. And and she gets 19% of the vote, folks, 19%. This is with Trump, Club for Growth, et cetera, all thrown in for her. And the, the Democrats, well, we run 10 candidates. <laughs> we run, we run 10 different people. Uh Janice Sanchez, who is a strong uh Democrat in the district, is the strongest one. She misses making the runoff by 354 votes. And this this is crazy because this is a district that Trump won by 12 points in 2016. And yeah, he did win it against Biden in 2020, but he he won it by three points. Three, he went from, went, yeah, from 12 points in 16 to three points. 5148. This is a 5148 Trump district in 2021. So we miss it by 354 votes, and mostly because no one fought. I mean, you know, uh, Operation 147 that Alex and I and a bunch of folks. Uh, uh, started up to try to take on uh, the 147 insurrectionists that remain in or represent districts in the House and Senate. We went in, we had just started out, so we hadn't raised a lot of money yet, but we went in with a huge portion of what we had at the time and uh, in support of Janice Sanchez, but no one else in the party did, no other groups. And I just found that astonishing and that, and, and that no one helped put, this race on the map now, as you said, Alex, we've got two Republicans, two Trump Republicans, by the way, fighting it out in a in a district where we're in the general election. There'll be no Democrat on the ballot now because three three hundred and fifty four votes. It all it all matters, and if if just one few one less uh, Democrat had run nine instead of the ten, uh, or eight instead of the ten, or had one other group or or someone just
1: pushed a little bit it would have made that 354 yeah votes. with like a few you and i know a few grand was literally the difference here right yeah
0: like, exactly and, and and so you know no i think it look part of it was uh first of all you know i've said this before we as a, a party and even with the net roots and the grassroots money get enthralled with the big races you know we're already looking at you know, who's going to be running in this Senate seat. But the House is where the fight's going to be in now and in 2022. And people still are not getting that. Uh, and definitely, I mean, other groups in the party don't seem to be getting it. You know, they skipped this race, I think, because they thought, hey, even if we win, or first of all, she can't win. And even if she does, uh, we might lose the seat with redistricting in Texas, in, you know, uh, after the census. Well, the, the fact is, all that might be true. First of all, she could have won. She could have at least been in it. We would be making the case in that general uh, general election coming up that uh, we would have been, been against uh, uh, a strongly supported Trump candidate in, in right. But this district is not, you know, that's not a big thing. There There's a, it, there are. There there was a candidate, a Republican candidate, who picked off three or four points running opposed to Trump and, sent, and sort of with the Liz Cheney wing of the party. Those people would have been able to be picked up. We we had a shot at this seat and we should have taken it because, first of all, yeah, okay, look, first of all, Texas is gaining seats. That means it's going to be when they redraw the lines, they're going to have a tougher time making making some of these seats as red as they are, they're going to have to blend them out. Even if you're the the Republicans drawing the lines, could be to get as many seats as you want. You've got to you've got to spread the Republican vote out right. so the districts actually could have worked for us. And second of all, yeah, there would be an incumbent Democratic House member in Texas who is in a district. Some of the counties may have changed on them on Sanchez but she'd be a mem- a sitting member an incumbent running for re-election in in uh in 2022 uh with the you know all the advantages of 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 being in office uh and being able to make her case but that's never going to happen and the reason it's not going to happen is because frankly
1: the democrat we just didn't get our act together right in in a in a district that I think mattered. This is either good news or just mind-boggling. You know, Romney won the district by 17 points in 2012, I think. Obviously, you mentioned Trump won it won it big in 16, and it was only three this past time. Any idiot can look at that and say there's a clear trend here, and not just in the district or in Texas.
0: But also, it, that he won by three points, okay, before the insurrection, before Biden got— the vaccines out there, and the economy really started to move in the last few months. Um and and Biden's approval rating is way above right. nationally where it was on election day. So in other words, like, oh, he went from winning it by 12 to winning it by three. We're not going to play there um, and ignore everything that's happened. Um, the that, that that 2020 percent of Republicans actually think Biden's doing a good job on that, you know, on, on on some of these things. To think that, again, this is with Trump and Club for Growth spending money, coming out publicly, endorsing right. She gets 19 percent of the vote. I mean, come on. Uh, and we... It, and we miss it, miss the runoff against her by 354 votes. And I'd rather make the case. By the way, the same way Liz Cheney is now making the case, whether she goes down or not, and we'll talk about that a little later, but I mean, in, on, on the leadership thing, she's making a case right now against this, you know, the, the Trump cult. I'd rather go down in a general election making that argument and trying to win some of these independent moderate Republicans over uh, but if you have two Trump candidates running against each other in the runoff, how's that work? Right, They're, The whole district's going to hear nothing about how great Trump is.
1: It's just stupid. So, Joe, there are a bunch of big national races that a lot of them shaped up this week. You got, obviously, Tim Ryan in Ohio, Charlie Crist announcing he's going to run for governor against Ron DeSantis in Florida, and uh, Connor Lamb, who's uh, kind of the archetype modern or archetype moderate Democrat out of a swing district in Pennsylvania. He's talking about running for Senate. And uh, we'll get more into that, but that's got to be good news with some of these candidates taking big steps, right? Uh, look, I... <laughs> I can I
0: think I'd love to see Tim Ryan or any of these, you know, people win their races. Uh, you know, if, if, if Connor Lamb can can run and win the Senate seat in Pennsylvania, uh, that that'd be great. But you know, I hope to hell uh, we damn well better win those House seats that they're uh, that they're leaving behind to do this. If this is what they do, uh, and like I said, this is not against them doing it. It's just the whole. Fight in twenty twenty two and we've got to get the party to focus on this is the House of representatives and with the retirements, with the fact that uh incumbent presidents lose house seats um in midterm elections, and even you know all the that they've lost from other people out there. Uh, projecting that anywhere from losing 10 to three and a half, just on the redrawing of the lines themselves. Forget about these people leaving these marginal seats uh, to uh, run for higher office. You put all that together, we lose the House. And this is what you're looking at. You're looking, remember, 139 members of the House voted to overturn the election hours after the insurrection. Okay. So, if they have the House by, you know, let's say 120 220 seats, 222, and 139, 140 of them are insurrectionist Trumpies, well, that means two-thirds, two-thirds of the House majority will be led by the Trump side of the party in the House of Representatives. We're talking about, you know, speakers, committee chairs like Jim Jordan, Nunes, Oh, they're bad. They're, they'll be back and at it, in a way that we'd be. You know, he would make you pine for Mitch McConnell in the second half of uh, of Obama's presidency. As crazy and as obstructionist evil as that was, so that's what we're up against right now. Um, and I think that's the whole. That you know, uh, again, I don't look. I think. I I think particularly Tim Bryan uh, would be an incredible uh, senator from Ohio. I'm not against him uh, running. In in fact, you know, he's worked hard. I am saying that it's not all that great. I mean, in other words, it's good news. Great. We can win the you know, if they get the House majority, I I tell you, you know, it, it puts democracy on the brink again, so much so that it may not be you know it, so so you've got uh, a Tim Ryan in the senate it it may not matter right because of what is going to happen in the house to disrupt and and continue to take down our democracy if these guys are in charge so i keep focusing on on what these things do to impact the house and given how tough things are going to be uh, the grassroots uh, and th- that was another thing by the way that Texas showed we can't count on a lot of these party committees and things and, and sort of the super PACs out of the uh, out of Washington that don't really get uh, I mean sort of they're institutionally in a defensive crouch right now just trying to defend right. uh, our incumbents and good, you know that's needed too so I'm not but but I' turned to spread out to win some of these marginal seats, particularly that are opening up right now. And what Texas showed
1: is you can't count on them for that. We have to do it. And that's why. Well, and what Texas showed is that the Republicans are already thinking this way. It's pretty clear, right? It's, yeah. Like the Club for Growth is ready. It They're, they're well, in. They're funded well.
0: Yeah. I mean, what's going on is they're on offense. They're pushing. They're going to push. In exactly into these um, the three that we're talking about right now, those three districts for sure will be places that the Republicans will be already moving into, uh, and with resources uh, and candidate recruitment. And here we are losing two or three of our you know, what could be the best defenders uh, that we we have in those districts. Again, I don't want to hold anybody back. But that that means we have to make sure we're doubly focused on these places, doubly focused on how many of the 139 of the 147 that we can put pressure on or remove um, from from office in 2022 and stop them. I mean, at all costs, stop them from becoming a majority uh, in the House. I mean, the Senate's a different right. place. Yeah, we're we're in a dead heat there, you know, and with, with Kamala breaking the tie, but you know, but frankly, seven seven or eight, I think it was uh, of the 147 are in the Senate. So the majority of and, and look, there are tons of uh, problems I have with the Republicans in the Senate. I'm just saying it, it'd be hard pressed for a Trump majority to take over the Senate. I don't see that happening. It's clear that the place where there could be pretty easily be, first of all, it's already a Trump majority of the House uh, right. caucus. Uh, so all they have to do is win four or five, six seats, and you have a Trump majority, a Trump speaker, you know, beholden to him a- and furthering the big lie uh, and also chasing whatever investigative lies they're going to make up and go after the Biden administration on. So that's the... That's the fear I have. Uh, Yeah, I'd be happy if we picked up, uh, obviously, at Ohio and Pennsylvania Senate seat. uh, But if it comes at the expense of losing those two House seats, uh, we may we we may be
1: uh, regretting that that that's the choice we made. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems just so institutionally short-sighted, right? And, and, and we'll move on. But I think in, in a vacuum, you'd obviously trade one out of 435 versus one out of 100. But where the battlefield is and where the stakes are right now, it just seems like we're once again kind of making these big institutional blunders that might hurt us next year.
0: Well, it's not an institutional blunder. I mean, l- look, Tim Ryan, um, and, and, yeah, everybody should run for you know what, what they want, where they think they could best serve. That's okay. I mean, I understand why they're making those decisions. It's uh, it's really us. I am mean, talking about the people who listen to this and the grassroots out there. Uh, okay, if you're supporting Tim Ryan, make sure you throw some bucks at the person who's running in this district. Uh, that we buttress that up. The same with. With Chris in 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 Florida, the same way if Connor Lamb goes, uh, it, it's not a don't get enthralled with that Senate race and only the Senate race. That's a, and that tends to be what happens with us as a party. We get including the Washington institutional packs and things, they get much more focused on, you you know like how are we going to take out McConnell last time? Right. Yeah. Right. Like that was going to happen. How much money did we all spend and throw at that race? Because we could, you know, it was, we were going to get McConnell. Right. You can get enthralled with the Senate race in Ohio and and probably we should, but, but pay attention to these house races. And that's what we didn't do in Texas six, you know, you know, when there wasn't a whole lot of big distractions, Either, I mean, that right. was the other thing. It wasn't like yeah. there are a bunch of Senate races happening right now that we, you know, we're talking if if, if Sanchez had just received a hundred thousand dollars in in added contributions from right. from the net roots grassroots out there, she she would have been in this runoff uh, and probably been able to raise a few million in the general election. So anyway, I. Uh, it's more about uh, it's uh, again, I don't want to sound like uh, I'm against people running for the senator, or governor. We need that. But it's more we can't all lose focus on what really matters here. And if you see these people move up to a Senate and governor's race and you're all excited about it, start asking the important question, what's happening in their district? What can I do to help there? Don't lose sight
1: of that. Let's keep focused. Let's not let up. We gotta stop them in the house. Joe, you mentioned distractions. Fortunately, I think the Republicans are facing a pretty major one right now, and it's not like they're, at least institutionally, a well-oiled machine either. Obviously, we're talking about Liz Cheney last week, maybe running for president. Uh, this week in the, the soap opera, she's, uh, by all accounts, on her way out of congressional leadership and, and may lose her House seat, uh, depending on how things go in the primary, for basically not bending the knee to Trump. What do you make of what's going on with, with the Cheney saga right now? Uh, you mean not
0: basically repeating the standing up to the big lie? That's what's, what's going on there. That's yeah, why she's exactly. getting thrown out. But no, no, first of all, I, I still think she's going to run for president. Uh, in their party, uh, I mean, if you think about it, by cutting her loose, uh, I'm with a lot of people who think she's now going to be more dangerous. She's going to speak her mind even more, um, and 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 that's a good thing. Um, and yeah, and yes, this is this is why I'm still very optimistic about 2022. Their their party is going to have this fight. There are going to be uh, a bunch of these divisive primaries between. People like Liz Cheney and some, uh, you know, Trump endorsed candidates. We saw how that worked in um, Texas six. The you know the 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 anti lie candidate for lack of wood uh, was his name. He 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 got three or four percent of the vote. I mean, it was all the vast majority of the people who voted. Voted on the Trump side of things, so that but that split is going to be different in different places. And even if it is three or four points, or in some cases twenty points of Republicans who vote the other way for the Liz Cheney uh, type candidate in a race or a Romney, um, when they lose to the Trump candidate, those are people in the general election that I think Democrats can pick up if we if we are reaching out and, and trying to attract. Uh, those voters uh, who are clearly looking outside their party. That's why you see, you know, Republican registration falling, independent registration going up in most states. And I think uh, that we're, you you know, so this Liz Cheney thing really matters. I mean, and you know, but she's calling it out pretty straight. I mean, I I know that there are a lot of Republicans who, you know, are, are now saying that she's checked out and accepting her fate. And that's what Politico says, but you know uh I think that her op ed was just so powerful though yeah, I mean the way she said she was writing for history and not for her current job uh and that I think is really pretty important. I mean she you know I'll quote that there's good reason to believe that Trump's language can provoke violence again. Trump is seeking to unravel critical elements of our constitutional structure that make democracy work confidence in the result of elections and the rule of law you know she's challenging him to head on and you know Trump's out there recruiting candidates to run against to primary her in Wyoming my my point here is that fight is not a distraction that fight is going to continue not just with her but with other candidates and in primaries of throughout 2022 we need to be there we need to take advantage of that we need to be in Tim ryan's District with a good candidate if he goes runs for the Senate, taking advantage of the split that's going to occur on their side, and appealing to those suburban women, to to the younger Republicans, to college-educated Republicans that we've already shown in in Biden and and, and uh, we've seen this throughout the uh, the country. Those Republicans we can bring them along, and by the way, we were bringing them along before the. Corona, you know, relief package before the you know economic stimulus before he moved on infrastructure, all these things that are very popular right now, we uh, you know, getting sixty six percent kind of approval, all these moves that were happening with Republican uh, suburban women, with younger Republicans, with with college educated Republicans, uh, college educated whites writ large all were already occurring throughout 2020. But, and by the way, they were all occurring before the insurrection, which turned even more of them off. Right. So I think the more Liz Cheney is out there, um, and by the way, this is where I kind of get, like, you know, the people who say, oh God, how can you say something good about Liz Cheney? She's so damn conservative. Yeah, she's a hell, she, she's, she really is conservative, much more conservative than Elise Stefanik, uh, who's probably likely to re- replace her. But but the fact is, one is living in a fantasy world that's uh, building a lie, and one is, as she said, writing for history, speaking for history, not for her current job. We need more of that. You know, I know, and you just see a lot of this uh, from the different factions out there. It's like, um, the you know, Lincoln Project gets hit on a lot of things. Uh, I mean, Republicans writ large, Romney, even they're getting it from both sides, right? That the Republicans are trashing them because I mean, the Trumpians, republicans are, are, are
1: trashing them. We'll come up with it. We'll come up with a better. Yeah. But
0: the, 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 they are going after the Cheney's, the Lincoln projects, the Romney's, uh, because you know, you know, because they they're, they're attacking uh, Trump Republicans, and then we go after Cheney. A lot of on the left go after because how could you? I mean, I tweeted something like I'm rooting for, and I just got um, you know just like attacked, right? Because like how could you yeah. be saying something nice about Cheney? Well, look, folks, this is the guy who ran the Howard Dean campaign, uh, and Dick Cheney was anathema. I mean, he was the you know the devil as far as i was concerned uh in when we were running the dean campaign against uh, uh mostly against uh george w bush and, and cheney i mean obviously we were running in a primary but but that's what motivated our run i got no love lost right. and she's not her, her her father either that i mean she she's got her own Style and her own policies, but I'm just saying, like this is no, it's not somebody, it's not, it's not like I'm dying to go out and root for her. but right now for democracy, hell yeah, and for any of these Republicans or former Republicans that are trying to, to create an atmosphere where we can pull more Republicans away from Trumpism and towards uh, democratic norms, I'm one of those. I, I think we. We need two functional parties, not uh, not one that's dysfunctional.
1: Part of it, too, is I think there's still a lot of people in our party that can't even grasp that we're having to have this fight, because to us, it's so obvious that Trump is a lunatic. It's like not even a question. But I think people are really underestimating the hold that he still has still. And obviously, the events of this. It's not a hold he has. This
0: is not a hold he has. Okay he he's a symptom. He is not how why this, how, this is happening because people are, uh you know, responding to fear and to, you, you know, what they perceive as a loss of power. And he got that and he played on it and he isn't one. He's not going anywhere. Um I've said that for a long time. But even if he does, it doesn't matter. It, even if he does, we've got to we've got to. Pull some of these people back from the brink, or they're gonna they, they it, particularly in the House uh, with these one thirty you know one hundred thirty nine members of the House that are just you know leading this stuff and keep and keep b- pounding the drum on it, or or it, we have the real jeopardy of turning the House of Representatives over to them. And like I said, if we thought if you thought Mitch McConnell being in charge of the Senate in the last years of Obama was a problem. Wait till you see what happens with, with a house majority and what they do, what Jim Jordan and, and the like do with committee chairmanships and, and, and things like that. And so, no, right. I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for Liz Cheney on this. Uh, and by the way, that probably hurts her. that <laughs> There's a bunch of folks like me, uh, telling people, Hey, let's let, you know, you, you know, she, she deserves, uh, support for being a true for for being putting the party aside and being an american um even if you don't even if it's a conservative american that you don't agree with on the issues i think you know
1: she's she's following a tradition that that needs to be supported well you mentioned trump's not going away joe you know i just want to touch on this briefly obviously trump tried to hop back on social media this week and some kind of Weird ways. He has his own little website now, uh, and Facebook announced that that he wouldn't be allowed back on. But obviously, uh, he's trying to get back on Twitter. And and thanks to a lot of actually people listening, we've already gotten him kicked. Yeah, off yeah. Once. He,
0: they 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 did a, a, a attempt yesterday on Twitter that that uh, got called out pretty quickly, um, and it looks like Twitter's at least suspended that account for. For three or four days while they take a look at it which is great let them investigate it and, and uh, hopefully if it's if it's his account they'll 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 it's definitely be a violation of uh, of evading the ban their policy on evading uh, bans so it'll get taken down for real uh, but the two things that I thought were were great was Garrett Graf had a great tweet yesterday about the the whole Facebook thing and it was oh the irony of all the political world sitting on Twitter waiting for a report from Facebook, you know, that, it was, yeah. that was good. And also, uh, I think uh, Amanda Carpenter got a lot of attention on Twitter yesterday, too, with, I think, a pretty decent proposal on how Facebook should handle uh, reinstating Trump, if at all. And I'll just read you the quote. Here's my proposal for Facebook. Tell Trump if he officially concedes the 2020 election, States that Joe Biden won fair and square, and that there was no widespread election fraud. Then, okay, maybe we will think about letting you back. Until then, there is nothing to discuss, and I think that that makes all the sense in the world. People, oh my God, what if he does it and they'll let him back? Well, there's the chances of him doing it are are slim and none, you know, and and he's not going to do that. Uh, but that means great. You don't do it. You're not on. If he does do it, then hold him to it. But uh, anyway, I, I thought that was a, a really. Um, uh, I thought Amanda was really onto something there. It, it solves a lot of uh, potential problems um, with uh, you know future bands of world leaders, et cetera. There's just some some things you have to do to get back on. And if you're not willing to do it, you're off. And I think, I think that's the best way to handle Trump. Cool. Uh, Joe, I think that's just about all the time we have today. Okay, Alex. Well, thanks for listening to That Trippy Show, everyone. We'll be back next week at our usual time with a very special guest. As usual, if you have a race you want us to spotlight or a question, please submit it on iTunes in the review section, rate us while you're there, or email us at that trippy show at gmail.com.
1: And, and I want to make a suggestion. Make it a house race, guys. Let's really focus on looking at some of these house races. If you got a candidate on someone who's running for senate, let us know about it. Tweet at Joe, email us, leave it in iTunes. Yeah, you
0: know, one of the things too is if you look over the the list of the 139 who voted, uh, for the insurrection. I mean, voted uh, you know to overthrow the election. Um, uh, look through there. Who, who do you think we should be taking a look at? Uh, of those 139, some of them look
1: like they're just. in really safe you know 90 percent republican seats uh we don't want to waste if you want that list if you want that list all you got to do is go to operation 147.com and click on the 147 got all their faces on a big nice website that's a plug alex but
0: listen seriously folks you know give us give us who you think we should uh take a look at and maybe we'll do a report on the race and who's running and and put some focus on those house races. So thanks a lot and see you next Friday.
2: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.